Hi, everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of HSDT. I am so excited that you're here, and I am so ready to share this conversation with my guest, Marie Flanagan. This is a conversation you all are going to enjoy. You're likely going to want to share it with a friend. And if it's your first time listening, again, welcome. We love when new listeners join us on the podcast. It's always wonderful to hear from you. So if you enjoy today's episode, do share it over on your Instagram story. Be sure to tag myself and Marie. We cannot wait to hear from you guys. Well, before we dive in, I wanted to share a quick congratulations to all of our amazing How'd She Do That podcast listeners that graduated from college this weekend. I know personally one of my interns, Elena, graduated this weekend and so many more former interns, friends of mine. We are so happy for you all. If you are a listener and you graduated, be sure to send us a graduation photo. We would love to highlight you on our stories over on How'd She Do That podcast. We're so happy for you all and we can't wait to see what in store for you, for your life, and for your career. We hope that you're excited and encouraged because the best is definitely yet to be. Well, you guys, I took a look at our podcast analytics, which I don't do very often, but I wanted to share because this was pretty amazing to me. We have listeners in all 50 states, which is incredible. That's a goal that we hit very early on, but I'm so happy to share that we also have listeners in 75 different countries. So wherever you're listening today, know that this is, I mean, I can say it now, a global podcast. You are a part of a huge family. And this past week, two of my favorite locations where listeners were tuning in were the U.S. Virgin Islands and Turks and Caicos. So if you all are out and about this summer, be sure to take How'd She Do That podcast with you and enjoy. The last quick update that I want to share with you before we dive into this conversation with Marie is to encourage you that if you have not listened to last week's episode with Donna Farrison from the Today Show, you may recognize her from Hoda and Jenna. You definitely should go and hear more about her story and her background. Donna was such an amazing guest and all of my guests, all of them have been so encouraging and so kind, and that's definitely been the case for Marie. Many times when we put out the podcast or we put out stories and whatnot, we kind of wait and see, oh, are they going to be able to share? Uh, are they going to enjoy it? And Marie and her team have been all in from the very beginning. And it really just goes to show that all that Marie is doing with her book, her new bright ideas for visual comfort, all of the success that she has found, it's well-deserved. She is just a wonderful guest, and I am honored to get to share a little bit more about her story and her background. So without further ado, here is Marie Flanagan on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Marie Flanagan, is an author and award-winning interior designer whose passion and achievements in design have positioned her as one of the nation's best. As a classically trained and practiced architect, her trademark style is evident through the sophisticated use of color, 
texture and light, and every home she designs receives her personal signature of timeless elegance and innovative simplicity. Her distinguished designs can be seen in luxury homes and commercial spaces throughout the country, and her work and expertise have been featured by premier publications and websites, including Architectural Design, Elle Decor, Vogue, Southern Living, Lux Magazine, and more. Marie regularly shares her design and lifestyle advice with TV audiences, including a role on HGTV's internationally broadcast series, Property Brothers, Brother vs. Brother. When Marie isn't meeting with clients, overseeing her growing team, or encouraging those around her, she is likely enjoying time with her friends and family in Houston, Texas. Marie, welcome to How Does She Do That? Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to join you today. Oh, well, I have been so excited about this conversation because we have, I feel like, a lot to cover. I've so enjoyed following, gosh, your your career on social media, and I feel like often we see these stunning photos and, and your interior design is so amazing. So I want to get to know the woman behind it all today. I'm excited. Wonderful. Can't wait to dive in. Oh, well, this is going to be so much fun. And I love to actually start from the beginning. I love to get to know my guest right off the bat, asking the question, perhaps, where did you go to school and what did you major in? Sure. Yeah. So I went to school at Texas A&M and I always love to say that my first love was architecture. Um, I studied architecture at their in their program, you know, just fell in love with the structure and, um, you know, actually ended up being hired out of school by one of my professors and worked in architecture for a while. But I really actually attribute um, studying architecture and letting that be, you know, kind of where I started my path um, as to really what influences me as an interior designer and actually ended up choosing architecture as the first topic um, of my book. So uh, long history there. Yes. And what was it so early on? I mean, many of us, we go into school and we think, okay, let's take a look at the majors. What was it that drew you to architecture? Was this something that a parent had practiced or, or, or how did you land on that to begin with? You know, my dad was so instrumental for me in really, you know, I grew up with three brothers and sisters and really made sure that we found our passion. I mean, he never pushed us to find a career about money. Like it was all about finding your vocation and what you were born to do. So, you know, even as a child, he would take me on Saturdays um, to, to go to the art gallery. And we lived in this small Texas town. So the art gallery was, you know, really just local artists in this small room and we would stop and get a cream soda on our way there. And he just made it a ritual and really grew a passion of mine, which he knew at the time was creativity. You know, I I thought I wanted to be a painter when I grew up. So, you know, really just kind of finding architecture because, you know, to me, it was like, okay, this is like a stable career path that I can do creativity and hopefully has, you know, great job opportunities. And, you know, honestly, in school, I kind of had turned my nose up at interior design, you know, understanding the career um, and thinking architecture was definitely the path for me. And then once I got into architecture as a working job, like I loved studying it, studied abroad in Italy for a while, 
you know, just fell in love with the great designers. But when I actually got a job, I I started out in commercial. And so, you know, my day to day life, like, like anybody starting out, you got to start from the ground up. Right. And, um, you know, I started basically drawing bathrooms for, um, commercial residences. I think I was drawing schools and, oh my gosh, bored out of my mind. Like just really (laughs) was like, is this, am I going to be stuck behind a computer for the rest of my life? Is this what (laughs) architecture looks like? So found my way to work for a smaller firm that did kind of a combination of interior architecture and it was like a design build firm. So I was able to kind of get out from behind the computer, work with clients one-on-one and just fell in love with the life of interior design and how intimately you get to know the people you work with and impact their, their life and their quality of life. And that's really what, what brought me here into interior design. Oh my gosh. Well, it's so fun to hear the different steps and even a little glimpse into your childhood, looking at those artists in the small Texas town. Where in Texas are you from? I'm originally from Dallas. Oh, great. I grew up in Lake Jackson, which is about an hour south of Houston. Okay. Oh, how fun. My my husband's actually from Friendswood. So there's some fun connects there. I love to hear. Oh, yes. Yes. I love right to hear. Way. Yes. Of those small <laughs> Texas towns and, and thinking of you doing that. Well, this is so fun because again, and you guys, I'm going to tease this. You might already be following Marie and you are probably already familiar with her work. But when we think of all that you've done, um, yes, yeah, school bathrooms might not be the first thing that we think of. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so fun to hear just this beginning stage. So tell us a little bit more about that first, uh, gosh, yeah, season stepping into interior design. What exactly was your first role out of school and how did you land these next few jobs? Absolutely. So back at AM, you know, uh, we had what's called, gosh, our studio classes, which were like the, you know, the classes that you ended up staying up until 2 a.m. to work on all the projects. And <laughs> you know, just had this incredible professor who also worked as an architect. So really taught us a lot about real world experience and what it would take to truly become an architect instead of just kind of theory. Um, and I just really excelled in that class and the professor noticed, and he ended up hiring me at the firm, the local firm that he uh, worked at. And it was great. Actually, I worked during the summer and, you know, while I was going to school there, um, we worked on various like fire stations. So it was kind of neat because kind of looking back, the scale of project I did there was very similar to, you know, residences versus mm-hmm. kind of the commercial projects I got into later. Yeah. And so I just learned so much. And, you know, I, being a young designer, I think I was just like a sponge, you know, I just really wanted to learn everything. Mm-hmm. And I knew you couldn't learn to, uh, break the rules until you really understood the rules. And so, you know, for years, I just kind of tried to learn as much as I could from from various different mentors and have been so lucky along the way to have had incredible people in my path to, to give me incredible guidance. Oh, well, it's amazing to hear. And again, to see where you are at this stage in your career, I'm excited to hear how this all came together. But I love what you just said. And for those of you who are listening, you know, you're going to hear this throughout Marie's career, uh, continued success. But that that thought of be a sponge, whatever it is that you've stepped into, whatever it is, whether it's interior design, uh, or another role, think of that, think of that be a sponge. And I love too. you can't break the rules until you know them. That's awesome, awesome advice. Well, 
tell us, because I'm so eager to hear how you started and what was the steps uh, towards beginning your own business. So tell us a little bit about what that transition looked like. And was this something that you always wanted to do? You know, I didn't have this big grand plan in mind when I was that young, but um, <laughs> like I said, I found my way to that smaller design firm that gave me that into interiors. You know, working as an architect, often you have to let go of the project to the interior design firm. And what I loved about interiors is that I love getting involved at the front end so I can play a part in the architecture, but then I get to take it all the way down to what the screws look like in the jam of the door. You know, like it's taking it down to the nth degree and really affecting everything. So once I got my foot into that smaller design firm, um, that was actually, uh, gosh, around 2005, right before the Great Recession. And throughout those few years, I realized how much I also loved small business And luckily I had an incredible mentor and boss at that firm. And he allowed me to really get involved in, you know, he listened to my ideas about how I thought we could grow the business and how I could play a part in that, or maybe areas in the market we weren't tapping. I just had a natural affinity to love marketing and love kind of strategic business growth. And he was so incredible to allow, you know, this young um, person somewhat right out of school to, you know, he heard my ideas and he let me try them, whether they worked or not. And, uh, when the recession hit, I decided, you know, I'm going to go back and get my MBA at night, uh, at our local college. So especially because during the the recession, luckily our business, you know, did well, but it really slowed down and allowed me the opportunity to say, well, how can I get better? How can I how can I grow? So I ended up going at night to get my MBA for about two years and with no big grand plan, (laughs) but I actually, um, thought I might get, I might go into marketing after that and like get out of design completely. Wow. So I, when I was kind of about to graduate, I realized, you know what, why don't I marry my two loves of design and small business and give it a go. And, you know, I've never looked back. It's been an incredible journey. Oh, now what year was this and how old were you? Oh my gosh. I have to think back. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or what year, what, perhaps what year was this? Because this is really amazing. I'm going on 11 years. Oh my gosh. I've my business for about 11 years, yes. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Well, it's so fun to think. And too, I love the insight because again, we, we can see what you're up to now, but to hear the behind the scenes that you're actually going in, you're like, look, I'm going to do my night school. I'm going to get my MBA. This is the best time for me to do so. And then to think you've been up and running for 11 years. Well, tell us a little bit about the beginning stages. I, I mean, what, what did it look like for you to step out or at the time, are you continuing your role with this other small firm? Are you able to do that? Or, or were you able to say, okay, here I go, I'm stepping out on my own and, and tell us about those first few clients even. I mean, this is just so awesome. Oh yeah. You know, it was, it was a definitely a scary time. I was married to the husband I have now. <laughs> I was lucky enough that he was able to support our family. We didn't have any children at the time. Wow. And, um, you know, he really, I have him to thank so much for allowing me to take the risk and, Mm. you know, having that partner to kind of support our family while I kind of took a stab at it. Mm. And I just remember 
you know, being so worried about where am I going to find any client, much less the clients. And, um, you know, it was a slow go and I took whatever came in the door and I started out, I I joke that I called it my clawfist. I started out in our guest bedroom in the walk-in closet and set up my desk and my, my little printer and literally worked out of that, out of that closet for (laughs) at least a year. And, you know, just took any job that came in the door and I did the best job I could at it. You know, I think that's great advice for a young person starting out is, you know, don't think you have to have like these incredible jobs off the bat, or don't think you have to like belong to a certain country club or Mm. have certain friends you do the best job and you do it better than everyone else and you will find your way to success and find a way to serve people well. And that is how you find success. Oh, well, that's such great insight. And and yeah, for those of you who are listening, that's so true. There's there's moments in the podcast that I sometimes say, pause and rewind. That would this would be kind of one of those moments. <laughs> so just pause and rewind and listen to what Marie just shared. Well, tell us about this because when I and I have absolutely no experience in literally anything that you're talking about. So this is fun. I'm living vicariously through your career today. But tell us about, so what did some of those first clients look like? I mean, even even the suggestion of beginning small, are you doing people's rooms in their homes? I mean, because at this point you, you do full scale, but what did it look like to to take on those those first few clients? Can you remember what some of those projects looked like? Sure. I mean, I did anything I could to find work at the beginning, you know, like I would reach out to remodelers and builders and see if I could just help them with their finished selections. Um, A couple families hired me to just help them flush out the hard finishes like the countertops and the tile and paint colors for different homes that they were building. Um, So I, I started out mostly with construction finishes and just slowly grew. I mean, I remember when our furniture budget minimums or just averages were, you know, around $10,000. And we would like, or I would just do one rooms uh, here and there. And, um, you know, it's also been really cool that not only have I grown as a designer and as a business, but my clients have too. Um, I just finished one of our most incredible projects that we've ever done for a client who I just helped them. Literally, I remember going to Home Depot to buy their pendants with them in this tiny little remodel that, you know, it was such a tiny little project, but, you know, we established a great relationship then. And, you know, I've probably done three or four homes for them now. And each one has been a step up and a bigger budget and a bigger project. So, you know, I think in our business, especially, there is a lot to relationships, the way you treat people, the Mm. the way clients that lasts. And when you establish trust with somebody that can live on for an entire career. Oh my gosh. Well, that's amazing. It's so fun to think about. Yeah. Your clients growing with you. I wouldn't have thought of that, but for you to be able to think back to those earlier stages and now then walking into, I'm sure a gorgeous, amazing house. It's like, oh my gosh, look, look at both of us. You guys should say that to one another. Oh my gosh. So fun. Well, tell us this because I, I love thinking about th- this uh, kind of, gosh, yeah, you step out and, and you're moving forward. Was there a moment or a client or a project? that you kind of looked around and you're like, okay, I'm on to something. This is going to work out. Yeah. Gosh, I've had so many of those moments. (laughs) 
But probably my first big break was this incredible client um, that was building in one of the most incredible neighborhoods here. Actually, he wasn't building. He was furnishing a home in one of the most incredible neighborhoods in Houston. And, you know, I think I found him because I opened up like a Google ad and, you know, he, he liked the pictures that he saw. I think, you know, he gave me a chance and it was a big enough project that I was able to hire my first team member. So to me, that was such a huge step in so many ways. It was the biggest budget I had ever worked with and also the ability to put enough funds into the business to hire my first designer. Um, you know, it was just incredible. It was so nerve wracking, but so much fun. And looking back, it was, you know, oh, crazy steps that it takes along the way. Oh, yes. Well, it's so fun to think about that. And and two, even in my intro, you guys can go back and listen to that. But but I, I dropped some pretty big names. I mean, at this point, we're talking Architectural Digest, El Decor, Vogue, Southern Living. I mean, those are not small publications. And, and I'm sure some of those were also pinch me moments of, of okay, wow, we're, we're on to something here. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, when we started kind of playing on a national level, um, it really definitely changed the ball game um, because, you know, it just, it's kind of one of those, I tell younger people starting out, it's like this big cogwheel, right? It, at the beginning, it's so hard to turn, but all the little things you do along the way year after year, suddenly it's spinning and you can't even stop the train. You know what I mean? It takes, it takes more energy to stop it than it is to, um, to keep going. So, oh, you know, wow. it's, it's hard at the beginning, but every little effort that you do helps helps run a different portion of the business. Oh, that's so that's so well said. I haven't heard that analogy, but I love it. I'm going to keep pushing my wheel. That's a good one. Well, we've we've talked a little bit about your your history and and your work experience, but also, you know, school and all these different things that that have made you have these amazing stepping stones and and to see what you've created now. But I'd love to know where do you think that that your eye for design, style and beauty kind of comes from? I mean, gosh, I feel like I have been shaped by so many different people and experiences and travel and events. Hmm. I've always just loved beauty, for one. You know, I remember just even as a child going and being fascinated by materials, you know, and traveling and touching things and, you know, just wondering how connections come together. So I think curiosity played a huge role. Mm. Um, I think my parents played a huge role as far as nurturing that curiosity, Um, different mentors along the way. You know, when you are um, an apprentice for somebody, you really kind of try to see design from their perspective and their eyes because they're also your client. Mm. Um, So I've been shaped by so many different people that I've worked for Mm. and then you know, as I grew in my career, I think I've been shaped by great designers that I look up to. I mean, Bobby McAlpine, John Saladino, Victoria mm-hmm. Hagen, Kelly Hoppin. I mean, just to name a few. Um, and, you know, and honestly, I love the way different designers and honestly, every team member I bring on my team, mm-hmm. they always bring a fresh perspective, something new, a new expertise. Oh. And when I on a project with them, I think that's where some of the magic happens is, you know, kind of like an improv. It's like a yes and relationship. And, you know, there's no bad ideas, like coming to a design charrette with 
the designers on my team where, you know, we have trust and we have, um, you know, an incredible culture built around, Mm -hmm. you know, a structure to where we can, we can come to the table with new ideas, things we've seen, um, and bounce ideas back and forth. I mean, each designer I get to work with shapes me. And I, I guess to the point, each client gives me the opportunity to be a different designer. Um, oh, wow. It's so important because, you know, what you would design for yourself is one thing, but that kind of keeps you at this like one dimension, right? Wow. Each kind of comes at me with a different perspective of their own tastes, their own vision of what beauty is. And it's really important to me in my firm and in my work that someone's home becomes a reflection of who they are, not just the Marie Flanagan stamp for your home and really kind of articulating that through the interior design. And, um, you know, each each client comes with a new set of parameters, Mm -hmm. a new quests and lets us kind of stretch our legs in different ways. I mean, I've gotten to do some of the most incredible rooms that I never would have thought of myself. Um, but it was through being stretched by somebody or somebody requesting something that feels, you know, feels out of the box or off the wall and, you know, kind of reimagining things in a new way. Oh my gosh. Well, you you just put something together for me that I've literally never even thought of, which is yeah, not only are you representing yeah, your interior design and your style, but you actually have to flip a switch and and actually think as the client and think what what do they like? What did they say they didn't like, did like? I mean, that's a whole other entity that is really amazing that you're able to do that. I don't know that I would be able to stop my own brain of what I like and put in <laughs> the, the thoughts of somebody else like that's really cool and I, I've actually never put that together until until right now and, and two to think of your incredible team because correct me if I'm wrong you mentioned earlier you remember hiring that first team member are you up to how many team members do you have at this point I think now we are a team of 14 okay uh, I would have misspoken I was I was guessing around 11 but to think gosh you've got 14 team members that collaboration element is there and it's just really cool to hear more behind the scenes of, of your thought process including the the updates and and all that you do for clients well I mentioned this in your intro and I'd love to hear from you. Can you tell us a little bit more about your inspiration for your book the beauty of home definitely. So when the publisher approached me to do the book, I did not feel ready. I was like, am I ready to share my life's work yet? You know, oh, yeah. And I just tabled it for a little while and I wasn't quite sure. And then I spoke to another great designer, uh, Lauren Lees, and she, mm. this was a couple years after, and she was like, you know what, do the book so that you can do your next one and let it, don't be afraid of letting, having your work evolve. Mm. Um, great advice that you your first book or your, the book that you do doesn't have to be the culmination of the best work of your life yet, you know? Wow. Um, and so when they came back around and said, look, we really want to do this with you. Let's do it. I was like, you know what, let's do it. And it happened to be at a point where we had so many incredible projects all hitting at the same time. It was an oh. just a great installation year of work of projects that we had been working on for gosh, two to three years prior. Wow. So, all it just all the stars aligned and it came at such a great moment and the inspiration for the book ended up being you know my thoughts on what are the 
most important design tools that I use every day to create the homes mm. uh, my firm does. And I also really wanted to let it be a source of inspiration for people. Uh, and instead of where some design books might only cover, you know, three or four homes, uh, we included over 20 homes in the book. And oh I really want to be a resource for designers because I know that I use books every day as my resource and my inspiration for new ideas, seeing details and new materials. And I really wanted people to be able to buy the book and be inspired and have several different ideas that they could do at home or use for clients. Oh, well, it has been just that for me. I'm, I'm decorating an apartment at this season of life, but the book, you guys, is beautiful. So if you haven't checked out The Beauty of Home, you definitely should. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I know there's something else you've recently been working on that I'd love to hear because I've taken a look at the collection with Visual Comfort. I know you've recently added that to your plate. Can you tell us your favorite thing about that collection? in that process? Absolutely. I, I can remember working for that small design firm I talked about earlier and using circle lighting and thinking to myself, you know, one day I can't wait to build homes with lights as beautiful as this. Oh. To then a decade later to be coming out with my own collection of lighting with that same company. Oh. Um, such a true dream come true. And, um, to me, it's the, it's the perfect collection to start with because I have such a strong background in architecture mm. and just to me are so architectural and need to be thought of with the space and, you know, with the volumes and light and, uh, you know, spatial relationships in mind. So with my long background in interiors, I felt like it was such a great um, opportunity for me because I just designed what my clients want every day and what I'm looking for every day. And uh, it, it was such a fun process. And I'm looking forward to our next debut that come that comes out um, in October this year. Ah, oh my goodness. Well, oh, we'll be, goodness. we'll be looking out for that. And you guys will have to check out all that we're discussing. I mean, gosh, the book and then the collection is beautiful. I was taking a look even as early as yesterday, flipping through and looking at everything. It's really impressive, Maria. It's it's really something. Well, it's been really fun to hear, gosh, so many highs throughout your career, but I don't want to let you go without asking, you know, are there any instances throughout your career that you can actually look back and, and say, you know, failure actually helped shape this season or that? I mean, the first thing I think of when you ask that question is like, who is successful without failure? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think failure shapes us all. And I think one of the reasons why I have found success is that I don't have a fear of failure um, mm. or maybe have a strong fear, fear of failure in some ways. You know, I think that starting out the fact that my husband and I were, you know, kind of making ends meet and really know, wanting this passion of mine to become a real business. I think the fear of failure there really helped, helped give me the inspiration and the boost to work extremely hard to make sure this mm. was successful. But mm. there were several minor failures throughout the, throughout the years. And <laughs> those are the things that teach us what to do and what not to do. Um, <clears throat> even I thought I might go into marketing for a while. 
I actually interviewed for a few jobs and didn't get the jobs um, because all my background was in design. And so (laughs) even that is a failure that pushed me on my path of where I needed to go. Um, And I think, you know, even learning to be a manager and learning to have a team, I think we make mistakes all the time and learn from them. And Mm. um, it's also learning how to accept the failures too. Like my team and I sometimes have losses, you know, it's, it's about how you recover from the losses that builds trust, that builds trust with your team, builds trust with your clients, how you react to mistakes, Mm. um, how you react to vendors, not delivering what you expected Um, that lasts with people. And I say all the time, um, our vendors, like our upholstery team and our drapery team and our install team, those are basically an extension of our team here at MFI. Mm. And, you know, we have, we have found so much, so much great success through building up a culture here at the office of, again, kind of making sure that the way we handle ourselves professionally with clients, it's basically a lasting impression. And, you know, I love to tell the story of, I was, it was back in the day where I was taking all the small jobs that I could, (laughs) you know, earn a living and to prove that I could do it. Um, And I worked with an incredible trim carpenter, which is basically just the guy who builds the cabinets, you know, just through working with him, and he saw that I was able to do very detailed drawings and that I was able to answer questions from a, um, you know, shop drawing perspective. You know, he was the one who ended up getting me a job for one of the wealthiest men in Houston. Oh um, so it's just a great lesson in life of, you know, be kind to everyone you meet and uh, do the best job you can for everyone. Mm. Um, know what can, where it can take you. Oh, well, so well said. And it's cool to listen in to the different themes of our conversation today. It it seems like relationships is huge. Mentorship, you know, I'll go out on a limb here. I've, I've not worked with you in any capacity, but it sounds as though you're a great leader. Leadership would be key. And then curiosity, you're a lifelong learner. I mean, all of these different things. It's so fun to kind of pull back the veil, get to know you a little bit better, hear more about your story. And I, I'm so enjoying it. So all well said. And, and thank you again. I, I know I asked this question a little earlier, but I want to, I want to highlight it again. Um, what would you say, and you can give us kind of another example because because you did mention there were many, but what would you say was a real wow moment for you in your career? Oh, gosh. Well, honestly, one that's happening right now is that we are in about three weeks, God willing, <laughs> moving into a new office that oh my gosh. I feel like honestly is just such a wow moment for us because if you had, I could illustrate some of the offices we've worked in throughout the years. Um, it's just, it's such a funny, especially like the going from the claw office to this incredible <laughs> building with all these steel windows and we're going to have natural light. And um, our team is so, cause right now we're in this, I, I have loved the office I've been in for gosh, going on nine years. Um, it's actually an old apartment that I renovated to be our office space, but now team of 14, where back then we were a team of like four or five, you can imagine that we're on top of each other. So anyway, if I would have seen like starting out the office that we would be in one day, it's, it's, it's just such a fun moment and a fun moment in my career. Um, but also just a, a huge wow moment was holding our book 
for the first mm. time and yeah. seeing the work at stores nearby and like seeing people posting it on Instagram. Yes. Uh, that they've received in the mail. That was just such a wow moment. And I remember the first time our team got the book, I happened to be out of town for work and they faced me all together and unwrapped the book and everybody saw it, you know, oh. for the first time. And, you know, another wow moment about that is that, you know, the book has my name on it. It's the work of my firm, but it was such a celebration of so many people's hard work. Mm. You know, my team, our craftsmen, our vendors. So it was a true celebration of, gosh, probably, you know, over a hundred people. And uh, gosh, just, just such a great milestone that we were able to accomplish. Oh, and to have that moment too on FaceTime, that is so much fun. And just just goes to show again what a fun and awesome team, so tight-knit. I'm sure you'd almost say like a family that you guys are able to encourage and be like, oh my gosh, and celebrate the major wins. Oh, it's so cool. And also, I have to say, I, I take notes during these uh, conversations, and I've, I've got this right here. Uh, Clawfus, is that what it is? Closet office. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. I got to tell my husband that one. We've had a, a claw fist during quarantine uh, this past year. Oh my gosh. Well, Mary, this has seriously been so much fun. And I've got to ask, because I know my listeners would love to hear this answer from you. Um, and it's a loaded question. I'm giving you a heads up. But I'd love to know, what is perhaps the greatest lesson that you have learned? Wow. I mean, I think the greatest lesson is... Well, can I touch on a few of them? <laughs> please, please. We want them all. We want them all. <laughs> oh, man. I think the greatest lessons I've learned is, one, to never stop learning. The minute you have all the answers is the minute you don't. So mm. um, I'd say surround yourself with people who make you better. Once I heard the line, you become an average of the five people you hang out with most, <laughs> mm. which is sometimes scary, um, <laughs> but surround yourself with people. And I like to consider it like your board of trust or your board of directors, right? Like find that mother you want to be like, find that businesswoman you want to be like, find that financial person and, you know, really let them affect you. And you also be the person that they want to be with, you know, you mm. be the person you want, um, in your life too, and strive for that. Um, and I think just live with a generous heart and live with kindness and um, it comes back to you for sure. I love it. What are you learning now? Gosh, I think right now I'm learning what it means to grow. We're at a growth phase um, company for sure. And just kind of allowing myself to let go and be okay with change. Um, being okay with reimagining things in new ways. You know, when you've been successful for a certain amount of time, you can get set in your ways, but you find that it's important to keep reinventing. Um, and what worked yesterday isn't necessarily going to work tomorrow. And especially as we're growing as a company, we're growing as a firm, we have several licensing opportunities coming up. Wow. And how to grow our firm in a way that grows our brand mm -hmm. and um, helps us reach new places and with new people. And, you know, we've hit this incredible, really exciting time where our team has never been stronger. We have such incredible women um, who have joined us and have, have made us stronger. And so in some ways I'm taking a back seat to 
some of the efforts that they have started and creating within our firm and creating different branches of our firm. So right now I'm kind of in a growth phase and learning, um, learning how to, you know, find success and embrace those failures. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so cool. And again, just a a quick side note, and I'm I'm sure if any of your team is listening, they'd probably agree, but it takes a great leader, actually, I think personally, to step back and and to let those on the team shine and and move forward. Well, well, this is a great catalyst to, to my next question, because I know you and your team, you've always got something, whether it's a book or TV or surely another publication highlighting you guys. I'd love to know what's next for you. Well, what's next is I'm really focused on product design. It's something that I'm super excited about. You know, I've loved my relationship with visual comfort and developing that collection. And right now we are in the process of about to launch some, um, a rug collection that will be out this time next year. So stay tuned for that. But then also in conversations about furniture and a couple other products that I'm really excited to, um, make available to people other than our clients. So really what I'm focused on besides, you know, serving our incredible clients and um, yeah, exciting things to come. Oh, Marie, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that little announcement. And again, I'm sure so many more things to come. But for those of you, uh, for those of you who haven't, I'm going to give you a chance in a second to, to find out where you can connect with Marie, but you've probably already looked her up. You're probably already seeing her style. And I'm sure you're just as excited as I am to hear that we've got some products in the future. Oh, well, Marie, I have so enjoyed this conversation. I do want to ask, is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to? Uh, I don't think so. Great. That means it was a good time together. Well, it's really fun because since launching the podcast, I get to kind of live vicariously through my guests, like I mentioned earlier. And thinking of all that you've done, I I love to offer up the question because I encourage my listeners to continue the theme of networking in their own life. And, And that was such a theme for you. Relationships has been so key in your career. So I'd love to know... Who do you know that should maybe come on and share their how-did-she-do-that story? Gosh, I think you should definitely speak with this incredible woman here in Houston. Um, her name is Marcia Smart. Okay. And she has developed the most incredible business. Um, her company is called Smart in the Kitchen, and oh. she is a chef and um, has she started her business, and she could do a better job explaining this, I'm sure, but... <laughs> Basically, coming up with recipes, sharing um, with her audience different ways uh, to cook things and recipes. And then she started welcoming people into her home for cooking classes. And now she has developed the most incredible farm out at uh, Round Top, Texas, where you can go and take a retreat and learn all these different incredible tricks about and recipes. And, uh, and it's so beautiful. It's just the most incredible property. Um, and then you can also shop at round top while you're out there. Um, she's an incredible woman who's growing nonstop. And I just only see 
amazing things for her future. And I think you should definitely uh, speak with her. Oh, fabulous. Well, thank you so much. And you all will have to stay tuned for a potential episode with her. I love the suggestion. Well, Marie, I've been teasing this. And again, those of you who are listening, I'm sure you've already looked up Marie and seen her work. Perhaps you're already familiar. But where can listeners connect with you? You can follow us on Instagram at Marie Flanagan Interiors. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Pinterest, or at our website, www.marieflaningininteriors.com. Oh, well, Marie, I have so enjoyed this conversation with you, and I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me today. It was fun. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.